0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington
1: Watch. Coming up, after the left's attack on police and their calls to defund law enforcement, should anyone be surprised that we're experiencing a historic rise in crime? Well, we'll talk about it with Congressman Mike Kelly of Pennsylvania.
2: And and I promised that we are scrutinizing new laws that seek to curb voter access and that where we see violations of federal law, we will act. In keeping that promise, today the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia.
1: That was U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland last week announcing the federal government would be suing the state of Georgia for doing what many states are doing post the November election, addressing last fall's elections, election irregularities. And, and those irregularities have left many Americans questioning the integrity of our system, so it's fundamental that they do so. Well, we'll talk about it with Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr. Speaking of Georgia election reforms, it was the Georgia election reform efforts that brought out the woke corporations as they opposed Georgia's election integrity measures. Well, you need to know, what companies are using your profits to do. Profits that they gain from you uh, to advance their wokeism. Dan Grant, the CEO of Second Vote, is here with investment options for those who don't want to support the wokeism of corporate America. And a middle school in Tacoma, Washington, has been exposed for passing out a flyer to eighth graders, telling them how they can get abortions and birth control without asking for their parents' permission. Meg Kilgannon, Senior Fellow for Education Studies, will join me to discuss this frequently occurring story. I mean we're seeing this all across America as we see more and more of this leftist agenda being pushed through our schools. She'll have some highlights also from today's school board boot camp that FRC Action hosted this afternoon. All of that and more still to come here on this edition of Washington Watch, the website, TonyPerkins.com. And uh, by the way, last day for our match, I think we got one more left. If you would like to support FRC, give us a call 800-225-4008. We've got team members standing by to take your call. I'll talk more about that later, but I want to get to my first guest. For several months this year and last year, Portland, Oregon was seeing nearly nightly riots on their streets. We're seeing uh, increases in crime. The FBI's full statistics won't be released until September. But homicide rates in large cities were up more than 30% on average last year and up another 24% from the beginning of this year, according to criminologists. We are seeing a spike in crime. Probably the closest we can see was back in the early 90s. What's behind it? A lot of excuses, but I think I know exactly what the problem is. Joining me now to talk more about this, Congressman Mike Kelly. He represents the 16th Congressional District of Pennsylvania. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee. He is a member of the Republican Study Committee, also a member of the Pro-Life Caucus. Congressman uh, Kelly, welcome back to Washington Watch.
3: Oh, thanks so much, Tony. Thanks for having me.
1: So should we be surprised, should Americans be surprised that we're seeing this historic rise in crime, violent crime, I should say?
3: Absolutely not. I mean, it's totally expected. You can't defund the police, which these uh, our friends on the left would uh, would have you believe they didn't do. Uh, so the old the old saying, Tony Wright, if you can't convince them, confuse them. Uh, look, the, I think they all have their their masters, their thesis was on Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals so you start something uh, you get it burning out of control and then you you blame the other side for doing it what's going on right now is absolutely ridiculous the claims they're making you know I guess they think I guess they think that Americans have absolutely no memory at all of what was taking place last summer and how they condoned it actually factly in fact our current vice president started a, a fund to get these people out of jail to help with their bail money so Uh, So the idea that somehow if you want to talk about funding that was placed in the wrong direction, it was asking people to donate a cause to get people who had done a criminal activity out of jail with absolutely no consequences. But when it comes to defunding the police, there's one party that wears that mantle. They are in in the House. They they represent the majority in the House, uh, the stalemate in the Senate, and in the White House. They own it. They know they own it, and what right now what they're trying to do is to sell it. As, oh, no, no, no. It was actually Republicans that defunded the police. Because when they did these acts, their rescue plan, we had to, they allotted money. We allotted money to the cities, but the Republicans wouldn't let these cities go ahead and fund the police that they had already defunded and had driven off the job. Uh, my son lives in Portland, by the way, so they had 50 members of their riot squad Walk away now they didn't walk away because Republicans defunded them. they walked away because the city uh, uh, in Portland had absolutely turned their back on them, didn't support them, and they are the ones that are defunding the police and why would anybody be surprised when you open your cities to those type of activities you walk away from enforcing the law? Why would you be surprised that you don't get more of what you planted, what you fertilized, and what you've continued to water? that is just the result of doing what they've been doing for over a year and then someone's stepping back now and saying, oh no 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 not us it was them there's nothing more disingenuous than these radicals on the on the on the uh, democrat party right now
1: well you, you mentioned i i have a clip of a former colleague of yours and of mine uh, cedric richmond richmond he is now a senior advisor to uh, the president uh, he and i served in the louisiana house together Um, He was on Fox News Sunday uh, claiming that the GOP, as you said, are the ones that defunded the police. Listen to this. So look, Republicans are very good at uh, staying on talking points of who says defund the police, but the truth is they defunded the police. We funded crime intervention and a whole bunch of other things. So uh, how do they say that with a straight face?
3: That's who they are. If you've done it all your life, it's easy to keep doing it. Uh, there's people that uh, that uh, they just can't stop what they do because that's what they're really good at. They've used this in the past, and people have, I guess at times, people have actually believed some of the things that they've said. Um, so I serve with Mr. Richmond here. Uh, I know he's a great baseball player, uh, but in this case, uh, he's not throwing a fastball, he's throwing a curve. And in, in this case, it's a curve that's really outside of the strike zone. I uh, needs to be be called for it. I know the major league umpires right now are making sure that the pitchers aren't hiding some kind of a substance in their jersey uh, to somehow change the trajectory of the ball. I think Cedric needs to have ta- somebody needs to check and make sure he hasn't put something on this this non-fact that he's pushing out there. Nothing against Cedric, by the way. I like Cedric Richmond. I think I think that uh, he, he's a fine person. But you know what? When you eat at the table with these people, you're bound to get you're bound to get the same results, and it's uh, it's just. But, you know, in our lifetime, Tony, how many times have, have our parents told us, be careful who you, who you hang around with, because sometimes your best friend can be your worst enemy, and oftentimes they're going to lead you down the wrong path. Uh, too many, too many of the Democrats have been led down the wrong path now by a group who is truly un-American. Uh, they, are, they are totally selfish, and they are turning their back on who we are as Americans. There's no other country that even matches up. There's not another nation in the world that's done more. Than the people of America for for the, for just everybody globally. So when you look at this, this statement is so off the wall. But again, if you can't convince them, confuse them. Let you start the problem, and then you blame the other side uh, for doing it. This has been going on now for over a year. You know what? I just think it's uh, it's bait that the uh, that the uh, the American people are not going to swallow.
1: Well, I I, I think that's why they're out there saying this, because the polling shows that Americans are being are are increasingly concerned over this. Even in New York City, this has become a major issue in the mayoral race in the in New York City, because you're now having shootings in Times Square, uh, Another one over the weekend. And so this has become a real issue. Defunding the police and all of this, uh, you know, all of this th- th- this campaign to uh, put down on the police and make them the bad guys. Uh, well, you know, those uh, those chickens are coming home to roost. And we're seeing it now in the crime numbers.
3: Absolutely. And I, I think it will continue to rise. Uh, I don't think there's any anything uh, that you could look at right now that has taken place in the last year. And if you need to to figure out, I would just tell our friends on the other side, if you're trying to find out how this started or who's at fault for this, please go to the nearest area where there's a mirror hanging up and take a good long look into there. That face staring back at you is the one that started all this problem, is the one that advocated for this problem. And quite famously, uh, Speaker Pelosi said, well, people will do what they do. And that's especially true, ma'am, when you have no police to intervene and say, you know what, Doing is wrong and you're hurting your fellow citizens we're going to stop it right now and we're the ones here to do that you can't defund these people and then blame them for not showing up tony the old saying right you can't forfeit the game and then cry because you lost they forfeited the game they took money out of the hands of the people who protect us put their lives on the line every day for us we've been backing the blue for a year they're black and blue of the fact that they're taking a beating now for their their rhetoric and what they've done to these people these fine fine people who put their lives on the line every day for our fellow citizens.
1: Congressman, I know you, you've got to go to the floor to vote. I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, Congressman Kelly, always great to talk with you.
3: Thanks, Tony. Keep up the good work. We really appreciate it.
1: All right, Congressman Mike Kelly of uh, Pennsylvania got uh, floor votes. He's got to get down to. Look, it's real simple. When you look at what happened last year, this is, this is not um, rocket science. You, you just have to look at City after city, where city councils wanted to defund the police, you had these movements to defund the police. Now, look, I'm not saying that there are not problems in law enforcement. You have bad apples in every bushel, and there are certainly some bad cops out there, but they are not the majority by any means. And we know how to deal with them. They're dealt with. Now, sometimes not as fast as they should. Part of the problem in Minneapolis was actually the police unions. We've talked about that on the program before. They protect the bad guys, the bad cops. But the vast majority of men and women who put on the badge do so to serve their communities. And they do so at great sacrifice and risk. And for the left to, you know, to pander to this progressive, radical wing of their party of defunding the police. And then you begin to see these, this rise in crime. Well, certainly, what, what law enforcement, is, and I've talked to many members, I'm still involved with law enforcement. They're slowing down. They're not responding out of fear that their department, their city, is not going to back them if they get into a shooting um, or some other you know, racially mixed, incident and the result many of these guys are re- and ladies are retiring they're getting out and guess what crime is going up and of course they want to blame the left wants to blame oil well, was the pandemic people were they were cooped up for a year they're now out and so it's leading to more crime uh one thing i haven't seen but i'm sure i will I, i'm sure i will i just haven't looked hard enough it's the result of global warming and global warming is responsible for everything So I'm sure it's there, but uh, a footnote in most stories, well, a footnote in the stories that it makes it into is the controversy surrounding the George Floyd shooting and the uh, effort to rein in the police. No, it was the effort to defund the police and blame the police for the lawlessness that the left has unleashed on America. That's what it is. All right, when we come back, speaking of lawlessness, the Department of Justice suing the state of Georgia. Why? Because Georgia wants to fix the election irregularities that have left many Americans, as Georgians in this case, questioning the integrity of their election system. So the Democrats don't like it. So they're suing the state of Georgia. Well, we're going to be joined by the Attorney General. Attorney General Carr from Georgia joins us next. Don't go away.
4: We're seeing more and more cases of censorship and the canceling of many conservatives and Christians by big tech companies. To combat this, Family Research Council has chosen to be proactive before big tech tries to censor or cancel us. We wanna stay connected with you, and so we've created a tech subscription platform. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom, even if big tech tries to silence us. It's easy. You just sign up for the text alerts by texting STAND to 67742 and you'll get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742 and FRC will keep you looped in on the issues of the day. By subscribing, you'll get information on our upcoming events and programs. We want you to always have access to the content that will help you stand for faith, family, and freedom and keep you connected with the like-minded community. Just text Stan to 67742 and be the most informed person you know.
0: Here's a moment of Hope for Your Home with Jerry and Becky Drace. Do you know families that have been torn apart by the poor choices of their children?
1: As a parent, it's hard to understand what happens when a child decides to reject the teaching and instruction you've given, if you are a godly parent. Listen to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 25.
5: A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him.
1: It hurts and is definitely hard to understand. But if you have done all you can to instill a love for God and His Word into your family, then you have
2: done all that you can do.
5: Only God can fix a father who is grieving or a mother who is bitter and in despair over a wayward child. If this is true for you, then lean heavy on God, trust His word and rest assured that God loves and cares for you and your child.
0: Learn more about the ministry of Jerry and Becky Drace including evangelism with integrity, devotions, articles and more at hopeforthehome.org
6: Hi, my name's Eric and I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult. And um, I just am, am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end.
4: But it's our infertility. But
6: it is our, yeah.
4: Because we're one right. now. <laughs> and I I think what's really helped us through this is keeping jesus at the center Mm -hmm. of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on jesus more is actually a blessing
6: yes it's heartening to to know that i have someone who's she's on my team tune into by design as we explore god's true purpose and
0: design for marriage just visit the podcast page at afr.net
1: to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Okay, you need an ID to to get through security, to get on a plane. You've got to have an ID if you buy alcohol. You have to have uh, even, you know, an ID. I think Uh, they now require ID to get tobacco, to get cigarettes. Uh, You have to have an ID, obviously, to open a bank account, uh, to sign up for government benefits. Uh, If you're going to a sporting event, and you're gonna pick up tickets at the will call. They ask for a photo ID because they wanna make sure that you are the right person to get the tickets. So what's so controversial then about having to prove you are who you say you are when it comes to casting your ballot in an election? Well, apparently if you're on the left requiring IDs, a picture ID to cast a ballot is tantamount to racism which is exactly what they accuse the Common Sense Georgia Election Integrity Law to be. The Biden administration is even going so far as to sue, to sue the state of Georgia over this law, as Attorney General Garland announced last Friday.
2: And I promised that we are scrutinizing new laws that seek to curb voter access and that where we see violations of federal law, we will act. In keeping that promise, today the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia. Our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color in violation of section two of the Voting Rights Act.
1: Here to respond is Georgia Attorney General Chris Carr, uh, Attorney General Carr, welcome to Washington Watch.
7: Tony, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Your response to uh, to the Attorney General suing the state of Georgia for doing what actually many other states are already doing, requiring voter uh, voters to present an ID before they cast a ballot?
7: Well, my response, Tony, is this isn't a lawsuit. This is a campaign flyer. The Department of Justice is simply playing politics. They're not upholding the rule of law. This is a blatantly political act that the United States Department of Justice has engaged in, and it's factually, it's legally, and it's constitutionally wrong. Tony, anybody that looks at the Georgia bill that actually reads the bill, will see quickly what you have already identified. It improves security. It expands access. It improves transparency. In fact, you've talked about ID. Uh, It requires ID for all Georgians. It has required now, for the first time ever, secure drop boxes for all Georgia counties. It improves access. It requires now more early voting days than we had before. And so, you know, it, 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 it it's anybody that looks at this law knows exactly it does what we have said it does. They've seen that this is a political act, and this is why we will prevail in a court of law.
1: Uh, General Carr, I kind of see this like, and I'm not quite sure what they are seeing because it, it, to me, it appears they're trying to intimidate Georgia to Georgia officials to somehow back down, which you've shown that you're not going to. So that's... I'm a little puzzled by that, because when you look at the facts of the case, I think this could backfire for them, because I think if this goes to court and it's adjudicated, I think the court is going to say, Georgia's is clearly within their constitutional rights to do this. And I think this blows a huge hole in their political rhetoric.
7: Well, I agree with you, and and, and Tony, what is political, and it's, it's very disappointing. When uh, Attorney General Garland got into office, he said he was going to depoliticize. The Department of Justice, and then they come out of the chute with this uh, pl- blatantly political action. It is, it, and I, I truly think, Tony, that that the American people should be troubled. Our our Governor Brian Kemp has said the Department of Justice has now been weaponized. That's right; they've been weaponized by polit- political activists uh, that don't like the way that Georgia is doing what it does, and the Attorney General has filed this suit and, and claiming that it, you know in, in some way it's going to prohibit people of color from voting it, it expands access to all Georgians including people of color right. um, and to falsely claim that people of color are going to have their vote either not counted or even worse not being able to vote is disingenuous at best and just morally reprehensible at worst and again uh you know we are going to defend with this particular legal action we've had seven lawsuits that have been filed prior to this we're going to defend each and every one of those as well and we will be successful
1: i think this administration is doing what they've proven to do so well in the first five months and that is to divide the nation by sowing uh... these allegations out there putting these false allegations out it's really interesting because even the president i think uh... i don't agree with the washington post very often but they gave him four pinocchios on his description of this law and then last week uh... chuck schumer the uh, democratic leader in the senate actually repeated the same line that, that uh... drew four pinocchios for the president saying that this would prohibit uh... people from having food and water who were waiting in lines but of course as your governor pointed out doesn't do that but there won't be any need for it because this is going to expedite people voting so they don't have to wait in line
7: well that's the whole purpose we're trying to reduce uh, the, the amount of time people that, uh, would vote in line and that's what this bill does you now have to keep up with the length of lines throughout the entire day and make changes and add machines uh, and, and do those sorts of things but tony i think it's important to remember historically in in 2018 Democrats complained in Georgia about long lines. They uh, complained about voting machines. They said that local boards weren't doing what they said that they were supposed to do. Republicans said the exact same thing in 2020. So here's a bill that does exactly what you talked about. That It, it, it requires ID for everybody that's voting, whether you vote in person or whether you uh, vote absentee. It improves access with the number of days, it strengthens security with drop boxes for the first time. Uh, and it does all those sorts, of but it, 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 in no way it prohibits or inhibits anybody from voting. In fact, it, it, it's, it, it. there is a crisis of confidence that has been created on both sides that this law addresses. And anybody who actually reads the, the text of our law uh, will see that quickly. And, and again, it's why we'll be successful.
1: Well, we uh, are going to be watching this with uh, great interest. Uh, Attorney General Carr, thanks so much for coming on. We look forward to talking to you more as this uh, plays out in court.
7: Thanks, Johnny. I look forward to it. All
1: right. The Attorney General of the state of Georgia, Chris Carr. We are going to watch this, because, and I I do. I want to applaud the uh, elected leaders there in Georgia that are fighting uh, for these election integrity laws. All right, coming up next, Woke Corporate America. How can you guide where your money goes? We talk about that next.
8: Making the most of your money. Here's Dan Seal, American Family Radio. It looks like there are more and more people concerned about inflation being possibly here to stay. Now everybody's concerned that the Federal Reserve might just have to make a move sooner than they think. But they keep digging themselves deeper and deeper and painting themselves in a corner where they're going to look very, very bad if they do anything this year. I think it's a huge mistake if they don't. But ahead of that, whatever they do, apparently as prices continue to peak, corporations are now lacking any faith in Fed to control this inflation. I know I probably don't need to say it again, but I will. The Fed ignores it, ignores it, and ignores it. How many times did I say during the reign of Bernanke how arrogant he was believing that the Fed had all the power to control inflation, to stop it, to start it, to allow it to go stagnant as if they were going to control it. This Federal Reserve apparently feels the same. And by the time the Federal Reserve gets around to doing anything, companies will already have cut back, stopped plans for additional work, laid off people, and the economy will be spiraling downward, particularly since the administration has no real plan to keep the economy moving forward. All the forward momentum is on the heels of the foundation that the Trump administration built and everybody seems to forget.
1: Want to hear more financial advice from Dan Celia? Look for his podcast at AFR.net. to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, uh, so good to to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday afternoon. All right, everywhere you look, in in June in particular, uh, we've seen this uh, Pride Month. In fact, you know, one of the things I've done, and I meant to say this earlier, you get all these email notifications, stuff you've signed up for, you've given your email address, and they're pushing this Pride stuff. You know what I do? I, I click back on it and I go to unsubscribe. And, and I would encourage you to unsubscribe to all of those emails you get pushing this pride garbage uh, into your inbox because they actually track that. They'll look at to uh, to see what causes uh, people to unsubscribe to their email list. And they need to see this, that uh, you know this this woke stuff that corporates corporate America is pushing because of these uh, loud leftists, they need to realize it's gonna cost them. And and here to talk more about this is Dan Grant. He's the CEO of Second Vote. Um, Dan, welcome back to uh, Washington
6: Watch. Hi, thanks, Tony. Good
1: to be Uh, here. Dan, I know we've done a lot in the past with Second Vote in terms of, uh, you know, you can see where corporations give money to so you know uh, and these are a bit like walmart uh, target all these different places you see their policies and so the reason the name second vote is uh, you have you get a second vote because you can vote with your dollars by where you do business but you're taking that to a new level uh, with this new initiative tell our listeners about it
6: uh, that's right um The economy uh, that underpins our society is under attack. As you mentioned, a lot of people think companies should be run uh, for a broader social justice agenda now, not just to generate profits, not just to support traditional charity. Um, And that may sound good, but a broader social justice agenda, um, usually that means uh, supporting um, things like uh, good for the environment, good for society at uh, at large. But what that really is, it's Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the Davos crowd pushing their definition of good on everybody here uh, in the country, uh, your listeners. And I can promise you, your listeners' definition of good does not match that of Klaus Schwab. So what we've done is we've taken the research of Second Vote, and Second Vote looks at a company's advocacy, its philanthropy, its charity. It looks at how companies use your money after you spend it what issues they support and we rate companies on a scale of one to five one or two is conservative three neutral and four or five i'm sorry one or two is uh, liberal and four or five is conservative and we've created securities and we are going up against the existing banks the existing asset managers out there which are now very vocal if uh you know blackrock is the largest investment firm in the world they control over nine trillion dollars and they have all created stewardship teams. And these stewardship teams go to companies, and last quarter BlackRock went to 500 companies and told those boards and management teams, start implementing these leftist policies, hitting these ESG metrics, or we will start voting you out. And these asset managers are absolutely doing that right now. So we created an asset management company. We have publicly traded ETFs, so one is LIFE, L-Y-F-E. The other is Aegis and Life um, basically is for companies that do not seek to censor or restrict uh, people that are pro-life. So companies that uh, don't support Planned Parenthood would be available to be invested in our ETF. And then we have uh, a staff of PhDs that have come up with a financial methodology that says, okay, these are good investments and it's working. Our our securities are performing very well, Tony. Uh, In the first quarter, they outperformed the market significantly, and that allows us to go to these companies as shareholders, and we go to these companies and say, hey, please stay neutral. Please uh, do not slide to the left on these issues that conservatives find important, Um, and if you do, we're going to have to divest from you, but we're also going and we're proposing shareholder resolutions, and we're really trying to go up Against BlackRock, go up against J.P. Morgan, and um, you know it's working.
1: So, so Dan, is this for individuals? Is it for organizations, corporations? How can people be a part of what you're doing? Invest in these companies that you know are either neutral or reflect their values.
6: Well, these are really tailored for individuals. So our ETFs are just like mutual funds. Um, You can buy them like any stock. So if you have a broker, you can call your broker. If you have a self-directed account or if you're on an open platform, if you're on E-Trade, you would just type in our ticker symbols. So L-Y-F-E is one, E-G-I-S is another security. So companies that don't seek to uh, censor or restrict the second amendment, we have a security in registration right now that is meant to protect religious liberty, so companies that are restricting the freedom of speech um, of conservatives, of libertarians, would not be available to be invested. So these are retail securities. You could spend as little as $100 to buy one of these securities and support what we're doing.
1: So, so Dan, in the long run, won't this show, Corporate America, that if you just either stay neutral on these issues or you just do what you're called to do and you do business and stay out of the politics, that you'll do better in the long run?
6: We hope so. The problem is there is trillions of dollars stacked up on the other side of the house right now, and all the asset managers and banks are working hard uh, against what we're trying to do. Uh,
1: Dan, Grant, we're we're out of time, but I want to revisit this i want to talk more about this we'll get you back on we'll uh we'll talk more about this now people can be uh, good stewards of what god has entrusted to them to make a difference uh, in our country and in our culture Uh, appreciate the work you guys do at second vote
6: thank you Tony. thank you for having
1: me all right folks uh, yeah we're going to talk more about that i think it's very very important to be a, a good financial steward When we come up, uh, when we come back, I should say, Meg Kilgannon is here as we talk about today's boot camp for School Board candidates. That's next. Don't go away.
0: For centuries, the Bible has inspired humanity and shaped the very world we live in. But how do we know this book is the Word of God and not merely the words of men? What we believe about the Bible is based on what we believe about its source the god who speaks explores the evidence of the bible's inspiration and authority through some of the world's most respected biblical scholars
8: we have essentially a dual authorship so it's true to say that paul wrote romans it's equally true to say that god wrote romans
0: he says we saw this and that sets the bible apart from almost everything else
3: in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses.
0: The God Who Speaks is a feature length documentary from the American Family Association. Available now at thegodwhospeaks.org. I am editor-in-chief of onenewsnow.com, Jody Brown. We want to get news to folks who are tired of getting news that's written from an anti-God viewpoint what people are gonna see is news that is written from a biblical perspective by people who love the Lord. We would invite folks to give us a try. We know there's a lot of news sources out there. There are a lot of news websites. Come visit us at onenewsnow.com.
1: Take a time out in the corner.
7: Refuse to allow anything, whether they be relationships, whether they be friends and family members, whether they be a Supreme Court refusing to hear a case, whether they be any election results, no matter what it is, refuse to allow those things to eclipse the preeminence of Christ in your life.
1: The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, weekday afternoons at 5 Central on AFR. The podcast is available anytime at
0: AFR.net
1: to Washington Watch. I'm your host Tony Perkins. All right, we are uh, we are almost at the end of our fiscal year. Tomorrow is the uh, the last day and if you would like to partner with us. First I want to say thank you to all of those who have called in or who have gone online and made a contribution to the Family Research Council. You know, This program, which is now on about 800 stations across the country and a couple of other platforms like uh, his channel, Liftable TV um, and others, um, it's because of you. Because you stand with us. We don't receive any government money. It's all because of folks like you who care about this country, want to know the truth, and want a voice in our nation's capital. So if you would like to to join with us, we have uh, members of our team standing by to take your call 800-225-4008 that's 800-225-4008 or you can go to tonyperkins.com now this story that i'm about to uh, to share with you is um, it's an it's ice it's an incident in tacoma washington but it's not isolated this kind of stuff pops up all over and i know this to be true i don't doubt it because I was just thinking about back when I was a I was a television reporter a number of years ago before I got into politics. And I remember one time going to this uh, meeting that was uh, regarding school-based clinics. Now, I was just a reporter, so I guess they assumed I was on their side because I was a reporter. Well, I got in, Planned Parenthood was talking about how they skirt the law. And this was in Louisiana, which is, you know, arguably a, a con- it's conservative state especially when it comes to abortion and all of those things now remember this is back in the 90s this is a long time ago and they were talking about how they know how to get around the law to make sure kids get condoms and uh, get uh, you know contraception and are counseled for abortion when it was against the law again that was in the 90s well a teacher in Tacoma Washington it was at uh, Stewart Middle School Now, this just percolated up. This happened uh, a few weeks back. As a part of the science class, gave out a flyer. Now, part of this flyer was promoting Plan B, emergency contraception. It was telling these eighth graders how they could buy this Plan B at a local pharmacy without a prescription, regardless of their age. It told them how they could buy condoms at any age. Uh, And it also uh, told them how they could get abortions. Um, without asking for their parents' consent. These are eighth graders, okay? This was a part of the science class. This was a flyer that was developed by Planned Parenthood. Now, the school is uh, is apologizing. In fact, uh, Assistant Director of Secondary Education for the district, Eric Hogan, in a letter to a concerned parent, and I think this was shared with uh, the media there, but I don't know that it was district-wide, apologized for the distribution of a flyer and said it was a mistake. He said previously Planned Parenthood taught within our schools and supplied the flyer that was distributed to the students. Apparently, he says a new teacher came in, it was there and the materials hadn't been authorized, but the teacher passed it out, not realizing the flyer was not approved material and the teacher gave it out. Well, I got a couple of questions there. Number one, why in the world was it ever authorized for Planned Parenthood to be in there pushing this type of stuff? And then secondly, think about this for a moment. A a, a teacher who is uh, teaching eighth graders that doesn't have more common sense than to put this out into the hands of students i mean what kind of moral compass do they have now this is one of the things we hear all the time when we bring these issues up well there's so many kids who whose parents are not involved in their lives either they they're in single parent homes and, and so they have to have somebody to turn to and that's why we need to educate them about contraception. We need to educate them about abortion. All of these things is what they say. Okay, that's what they say. But then why would they specifically talk to kids and help them circumvent their parents? Which is what this flyer did.
0: Yeah, I would expect to hear crickets.
1: Because they were caught red-handed. This is what they do. This is what is happening in our education system. Government schools, the curriculum is seeking to drive a wedge between parent and child. That way, parents, they don't know what they're talking about. Those old fuddy-duddies. I'm sure that's an old term, too. They don't know what they're talking about. We can help you. And so they're undermining the authority and the credibility of parents. Again, I'm going to say this, parents. If you have kids in government schools, you need to pray very hard about how you get them out. Now, I know some say, well, but we live in a good school district. I know where I live. It's a good school district. It's a good conservative area. But this curriculum is finding its way in. The left is infiltrating every aspect of education and, and this whole uh, lgbtq agenda is popping up everywhere it's not just in in health class anymore it's everywhere you can't escape it and parents i'll say again god gave us the authority and the responsibility to educate and train our children talks about this in deuteronomy now we can delegate the authority but we cannot delegate the responsibility. You and I will be held accountable by God for how we trained up our children. Now, that said, we still have, I think, an obligation and responsibility to influence the schools because that's the pipeline for what's going out all across America. And we cannot abandon the public schools. Doesn't mean we gotta send our kids there. But we certainly should be there as teachers as christian teachers as light in the darkness as school board members and that's exactly what we were doing today earlier today frc action hosted a school board boot camp and uh, here to talk about some of the highlights and next steps is meg kilgannon she is the uh, senior fellow for education studies here at the family research council and i'm sure she's just now catching her breath after a marathon session today at the boot camp meg welcome back to washington watch
5: thank you tony we're still training here getting people ready to go training up the next Uh, over a thousand
1: people over a thousand people registered for the boot camp today and and i want to go back just for that story i just shared out of tacoma washington you know we'd like to say that's an isolated incident but it's not that is i think systematic i mean yeah. that is happening throughout education in America today
5: it is and a lot of that can actually be addressed by tightening up the school board governance when you only have one side of of thinking whether it's you know right or left if you only have one side of the debate represented in a governing institution then things are going to be skewed one way and maybe things will get a little loose and not be run exactly right. And this is how things like flyers for eighth grade uh, students get outsourced to groups like Planned Parenthood.
1: So Meg, uh, give our viewers and our listeners some, some highlights from today's um, school board bootcamp. I, I helped open it up and then I actually watched the uh, vast majority of it. I found it uh, very, very informative.
5: I'm so glad to hear that we we had great feedback in the in the QA from the folks who are watching we had great questions great engagement we started off with a panel of school board members one who is serving in North Carolina and two former school board members and they spoke about what it is like to be on a school board and they they told it like it is they said it's a lot of work um, but that it is very much worth doing and um They talked about what they'd done well, what maybe hadn't gone so well. Um, They talked about really making sure that you're managing your superintendent and not the other way around. Because a lot of times superintendents think that they're in charge of the school system, and they are in charge of running the school system at the direction of the school board, not just running it however they'd like to run it. So that's a a way that is a very practical way for school board members to exercise their authority. There's a lot you can do about budgeting. Um, There's a a lot you can do about the decision whether to open schools or not that we faced in the fall. We had a school board member who faced that decision and they decided to open and, and it went well, thanks be to God um but that she said that they did that in response to the feedback they got from their parents that 82 percent of parents wanted the schools open and so the school board listened and i know that many many parents in my county wanted the schools open and they're not, they were not open so thank goodness for there was good a lot of practical
1: members. a lot of practical advice in terms of you know as you just pointed out what it's like to serve on the school board but then we had uh, a really good discussion of the issues what the uh, critical race theory how is it popping up you know because it doesn't always now it does in some cases it, it comes with uh, neon lights on some occasions but other places it's it's very subtle in the way it works its way into the, the curriculum there was, that was discussed and I thought it was a very practical discussion on how to run a campaign what's needed to, to win I thought that was very very good and, and helpful. But stepping back for just a moment, Meg, I mean, we're at a, po- a critical point. I believe that we're we're seeing parents, as we've talked about before, uh, with a an realization that they can no longer deny. It. They maybe thought right. it was happening. They saw the attitude of their kids. They saw what their kids were looking at. But the silver lining to the coronavirus and the school shutdowns, as parents were exposed, and they can no longer deny it. And so many of them are. Uh, taking action wanting to find out what to do but but i think meg this is bigger than just the school boards i think this is in many ways this is taking back the country because if you look at what's happened through public education over the last i mean you could go back to the to the sixties and seventies but really it's been accelerated beginning in the Obama years, and now it is just just—it is just moving so rapidly with light speed. This, if we don't take this moment, this could be that point we look back and say, you know what? That was where we totally lost the country, or it's where we turned America around.
5: Right. Well you know, if you think about that little five-year-old child who's starting kindergarten this year and the kind of school system that that child enters, and you think about what the school system could be like when that child graduates from high school 12 years later, you know, we can make a tremendous impact. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to take a lot of unpleasant confrontations with issues that we would all rather just not talk about, but we're going to have to talk about them. We're going to have to have honest conversations about them. We're going to have to confront them and come to some kind of an agreement with the people that we disagree with, or we're going to have to replace them on the school boards and run things ourselves. And I'll tell you today, we heard from a lot of people who are ready to run for school board and run things ourselves. And it was really great to hear.
1: Yeah, Meg. you know what I think we need? I think we need an army of mama bears. Uh, th- those mamas who are going to protect their cubs, protect their their children. Uh, that's what I, I've of, often called my wife a mama bear because she'll protect and has protected our kids. And I, I think that's what it's going to take. I think it's going to take uh, moms and uh, dads too, but moms really lead the charge. And, and I, I'm hopeful and prayerful that we'll see more mothers either enter the arena themselves or push their husbands into the arena to to take this stand for their children because you it just reminded me when you said these five-year-olds you know george barna as we talked about on the program many times talks about worldview when a worldview is shaped from you know 13 months to 13 years and those formative years and you know we we see what they're trying to do even in this administration trying to get their tentacles into the children even earlier
5: sure with pre-k right No, that that's so true i mean you know we talked today about we had a lot of questions in the chat about what kind of credentials do you need to run for school board and i love what you said about the mama bears um you're you we don't need to focus on credentials you know that that's where the left really has us over a barrel because they run all the credentialing systems there are okay we need to talk about skills What are the skills that you bring to the table? And you have skills, especially moms. Our main skill is doing jobs nobody else wants to do. So that's perfect for running for school board right there but you you've maybe you've run a small business maybe you know how to do budgeting maybe you're a contractor and you're familiar with how b- buildings should be run how, how buildings should be built and the systems inside them sh- should run maybe you run a trucking company maybe you've been in the military and you're familiar with a large organization maybe you're an accountant and you know how to look at budgets you know how to run an audit you know there are so many things that people know about that inform the governance of school boards that make a contribution that do not require a credential. It's a matter of having a skill and a desire and some common sense, Tony, knowing what is right and wrong.
1: So true. Uh, Meg, we're out of time. We have to leave it there. But quickly, next steps, where can people find out more about next steps?
5: You can go to frcaction.org and check out our resources there. We have lots of education resources on the frc.org website, and you can email us at schools at frcaction.org, and we'll answer any questions you have.
1: All right, Meg Kilgannon, great job today. Thanks so much for uh, for joining us this evening.
5: Thank you, Tony.
1: And folks, thank you for joining us as well. Still have team members standing by to take your call at 800-225-4008. Until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found at Ephesians 8, Ephesians 6, I'm sorry. And that is when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand. By all means,
0: keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council Seven two three. Four.